do you regret that you left French Vogue? Vogue is a bit, at that time, was a bit like you live in a, in a bubble, you know, yeah. you're not in reality. Running, you know, an independent magazine outside a big group, that's hard, right? This is very interesting for me, it makes me a better person. I understand better the life in a way because I was too protected in Vogue. What happens when you make mistakes though? Like how do you recover from that? You know what makes the biggest mistake for me? is whether I don't follow my instinct. I don't like to have regrets and I have some regrets. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion and welcome to the BOF podcast. Karine Reutfeld has made a name as one of the most respected and inimitable editors in the fashion industry. Starting with a career at French L and then working with Tom Ford during the early days of Gucci, followed by a long stint at French Vogue, and now, of course, her own independent media company, CR Fashion Book. Karine has really paved a path of her own in the industry. This week on Inside Fashion, I sit down with Karine to learn a little bit about her career, to get her take on the state of the fashion industry now, and to look ahead to the future of CR Fashion Book and where she might take it. One of the most important things you'll take away is that she wants to keep the gates open for all different kinds of people in fashion. So here's Karine Reutfeld, Inside Fashion. Bonjour, Karine. Bonjour. Thank you for sitting down with me. Um, it's, a, it's a strange time in fashion today because we're here at Paris Fashion Week and everyone we woke up this morning and everyone was more worried about the virus than yesterday. Who's so white? Yeah, but we're going to focus on other things. And um, I'm really thrilled to sit down with you because I don't think you and I have ever had a chance to have a long conversation about your career and everything that you're doing. Um, so this is a real pleasure for me. Thank okay. you. I wanted to start, I mean, everyone by now knows you know, all of the amazing things you've done in fashion. But I, I wanted to start by asking you, what was your first fashion moment? When was the moment it kind of clicked with you that this was going to become your career? There was a time, long time ago, what fashion was not considered as it was today. If you say, I want to work in fashion, people think you are just superficial person. And when my mother was reading French L each week, and I was watching French L, and I like it. Honestly, yeah. I really like it. But I got, How old were you at the time? I think I was maybe 12 years old, something okay. like that. And I like it. I turned the pages, and I really like it. But it's my mom asked me, what you want to do? To say I would love to work in fashion will be impossible. Okay. But I think the click come with L, and I start with French L. Is that so your, your career there, and when you started at French L, mm -hmm. what was going on in fashion at that time? Like, what do you remember? It was amazing because, my God, it seems I'm very old ladies. There was not, we were not working with advertisers. There was not advertisers in fashion. So the last page of the magazine was just something for knitting. And it was very free. And we're just going to French, let's say, um, designers and at the time we have to move to each designer to make some shopping so i take all the metro to go to jean-paul gautier or to go to jean-jacques picard was a great pr office so you met everyone it was easier because you have not it was not international there was no instagram there was not wifi so you have to move yourself touch the clothes and pick up yourself and you meet the designer all the time 
Who was your favorite designer that you used to meet with? Jean-Paul. Pourquoi? Parce qu'il est fun. Et Jean-Paul est le seul designer qui parle de tout ce qui est fashion. Okay. Il peut parler de football, de films, de tout ce qui est. Et il ne parle jamais de lui-même. Et il me fait rire. J'aime lui. I really love Jean-Paul. Yeah, I mean, recently he did his last show. I was not there because I have to, to go for this cover. I cannot yeah. stay. But I was very happy for him. And I think it's uh, always sad that someone you think is a huge talent. Yes, yeah. he was the biggest talent. Stop. But I think he was right. Yeah. And he did something good and people he did very well. He yeah. did a very nice farewell, I would say. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that really changed your career and kind of took it to the next level was working with Tom Ford, right? I mean, he's your... Become me international. Yeah. He pushed me to speak in English. Yeah. Yes. How true. did you meet him? Uh, it's a long story. You know, I was working a lot with Mario Testino at that time. Yeah. And Tom really was a sort of harassment. He called us many, many, many times to see him. And you say, what is Gucci? Who is Tom Ford? Gucci is just a pearl offer. We're not interested to work for Gucci. It was for us... Boeing. Right. And finally, Tom came to the studio we were shooting in the summer. And we just found he was so charming, so sexy. We decided to work with him just because he was charming. And Tom, as you know, could be very charming. charming. Yeah. It goes a long way, right, in fashion to be good with people and to be persistent. It's 25 years I'm working with Tom. Yeah. So friendship could be possible in fashion. 25 yeah. years is a yeah. long time. Yeah. So I start with him. It was the first time. I never did a consulting before. even don't know what it was about, you know. Yeah. And I work with him, do a first campaign with Mario. And after I did all the, the show for Tom and uh, all Gucci's and some of Saint Laurent and uh, keep working wow. with him now. Wow. And do you have any particular imagery that you think was like most kind of emblematic of that time with working with Tom in those early days of Gucci? Is there one image that you created together that, that one you... One image that people forgot, I think it was, it was not surely for Gucci, it was a bag company, you know? So even the first show we worked together, there was bags, 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 and you know I'm not a bag lady. Yeah. But the bag was a part of the look. And I remember, I think it was the first designer to put so many bags on a one way. And the other thing I think for me, it opened really my eyes, He was the first designer to put so open on diversity. There was no one show with not girls of color, of Asiatic girls, black girls, because he thought these girls are beauty everywhere. And plus, my customer could be black, my customer could be Chinese. So I want them to be happy, to look, to dream about the clothes, like if the girl, it was her, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's opened my mind about this. Yeah. yeah I think it was really... Saint Laurent, no, yeah. Saint Laurent was Saint -Laurent. very open, Wait, yeah. but in the same of Pret-a-Porter and regality for men and boys, I think it was Tom. Okay. And then I know we're, we're moving through your career no, quite quickly okay. because okay. there's so much to talk about. But I mean, your tenure for 10 years at Paris Vogue was, you know, a defining moment. I think, obviously, I think your, even your own personal sense of style was so reflected in the pages of that magazine and it really became I mean your style became kind of equated with the style of French women everywhere um, around the world right so you know what were you when you first took on that role at French Vogue I mean what was I think, that like I think Jonathan was very 
nice and crazy to give me that job because I never direct anything. I was just have an assistant. So I need to have so many people, like 40 people to take care. It's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. You know, when you talk about career, maybe one something very important to tell is the people you met in your life at the right timing. The first one, as you say, was Tom. But maybe before Tom, it was Mario because he's the one that makes me understand I don't know, understand me, who I was in fashion. After it was Tom. And after the third one was Jonathan. Opened me the gate of French Vogue, you know. And Jonathan let me do everything I want. Honestly, give me, it was like a golden cage, but I have the key, I can do everything I want. And I think business was good. And I think I'm making love. He really loves me, lets me do everything I want. And when you're looking at Vogue, see, what really Vogue is meaning, you have to think about Newton, Bourdin, all these amazing photographers, and for the editor-in-chief at that time that pushed them, you know, this lady, she was fearless. And now all these pictures are at museum. But today it will be impossible to print Newton picture, Bowden picture. It will be very difficult. Because why? Because today they will say, oh, because of me too, I don't know. We will say, oh, too much nudity. The girl are too young. We see too much sex. We see the hair of the pubis. Uh, she has, uh, it was very, I think there was more, freedom at the time that we have today, unfortunately. And do you think some of that is for good? You know, so, you know there's, some, there's been a lot of changes with regards to the way we think about young models and the pressure to put, that they get put under. So in a way, some of the changes... Are good. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Me, with a model, I always think about them like a mama. So I don't think with one model, don't like me, I say, it's cold, don't be naked, put a coat on you. I was very protective, eat, take a tea. I'm very protective with model. But I think we have to protect them. And, uh, you know, we're smoking. Smoking is a great gesture for fashion. But at that time, my father was smoking, my husband was smoking, was raised with smoke. We didn't know it was bad. For 30 years, we used cigarette in fashion. Today, we know it's not good, so we try not to use cigarette in fashion. We try. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things was like that. And even we keep learning, you know, when I put um, Alima, mm-hmm. this Muslim girl with a scarf on the cover of my magazine, and after to push her to do shows, I understand something because she asked for like a private cabin for her. It's like uh, the way she was raised, you know, and I say, oh my God, she's boring. What she asked for that, you know, and finally, okay, do for her, we really love her. And finally, she was white. And I saw all these naked girls, still the photographer, taking pictures. I see, she's white. This is not possible. So now I say, all picture, all photographer out when the girls start to dress. Before, I didn't think this way. So all the people open your eyes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, as you know, I haven't been in the industry for a long time. But even, even in the period of time that I've been working in fashion, I just, I sense this massive shift in in you know culture broadly but also in the way we think about these things and it, sometimes you know when i remember when i first used to go backstage in fashion shows i used to wonder about these things yes. like how does it work that anyone can just roam around here while they're... yes and naked girls and no yeah. one i think oh maybe the girl doesn't pay attention but finally i'm sure they was embarrassed yeah and finally something opened my i said no it's not possible there was no one show working mm-hmm. and i'm screaming at the photographer get out yeah. when the girl change or get out when the girl Naked, it's not mm. possible, it's not uh, c'est pas chic. No, it's no. pas possible. No. I'm a mother, I cannot yeah. support that. Yeah. Always think this a as a mother, yes, and a grandmother, yeah. but always think this way, you know. Yeah. So, this I'm protect all my girls. I'm very protective yeah. with my girls, let's yeah. say. 
Do you regret that you left French Vogue? I mean, you left in a bit of a like it was trouble when you left. You know, it's like it was, a divorce. You it know? was a so hard you, moment. It was you. You love your husband. Your husband loved you, and you divorce. So you hate each other, love and hate, and not very far away. Yeah. And it was ten years. Ten years is a long time. And I see I have to do something else. And it was difficult. Let us say it was difficult for me, but. And I decided to make a new magazine. And why I decided to make a new magazine? Maybe I can say like John Galliano. He didn't, I didn't do my best dress yet. So maybe I have still stories to tell. I want to keep on. I love that. You know, I love the idea of doing on a fashion shoot. So I keep on doing that. It was not easy, but I love that. But leaving Vogue, it was difficult. You have always someone to take care of you. I don't know. To, to take a phone for you, to reserve a car for you, to reserve a restaurant for you. You know, you don't take care. Suddenly, well, you're in the city in New York. House for yellow cap. You never did this before. Yeah. And suddenly it's back to reality and I really like it. It makes yeah. me more more real person. Vogue is a bit at that time was a bit like uh, you live in a in a different in a, in a bubble, you know, yeah. not in reality. So when you when you did leave Vogue, mm -hmm. you decided to launch your own magazine. After this big nine party of the 90 years of Vogue, I decided to launch a magazine immediately. Okay. So that's where I want to focus a little bit of our conversation because today the world of magazines is completely different and it's really changed a lot. Of course. Not just creatively, but the economics around it. So why would you, why would you, like you said right now, you said maybe I haven't made my best picture yet, but you know, what were the other things you were thinking about in, in, in launching a new magazine? Because a magazine also has to have a purpose, right? It there has to be an purpose. audience you want to reach. And I think that, uh, as I tell you, I'm respectful, but I'm quite fearless. And there is not a lot of magazine today, even 10 years ago, because it's almost 10 years now of the magazine, that people have still some freedom in creating images. So it's don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, respect this, total look. I know, it's become very difficult. And I want to give this, uh, this free. And a lot of people come to me because they know CR is a free magazine. You can express yourself. You can use a lot of different sort of girl. You can make mixed fashion. If you was, you know, I love that. And I think there is not a lot of magazine, but you can do this online. Why still a magazine? So this is I'm thinking now because. And you know, when it comes to running, you know, an independent magazine outside a big group, that, that that's hard, right? Cost money. So, yeah. You don't know how much. You, you don't take care about those price of a production before, after you take care about everything. So then the taxi become expensive. So you change your hotel, you change the way of working, you know. But this is very interesting for me. It makes me better person and more, I understand better the life in a way because I was too protected in Vogue. So I was very happy. Okay. And I can do so much, you know, other thing. I could do advertising. So Carl jammed on me immediately. And he said Carl. to, yes, yeah. he jumped on me and he said to Jonathan, oh, Jonathan, I cannot thank you, you enough, me and Mr. Arno, because now we can work with Karen. We're not, a, cannot before. So the day I leave work, I start to work with Carl, 10 years working with Carl. Tell me about that. I was very frightened to meet Carl at the beginning, but finally. Did you, you knew him before? Yeah, but not very well. Honestly, okay. it was not a part of my uh, big friends. Okay. Not, I have nothing against him, it was not my family. Of course, I love Chanel and Parisian, so everything at Chanel I love. And suddenly he asked me to work with him, and, uh, and we did very well. He was a Virgo, I'm a Virgo. We have, uh, we have two good soldiers, you know, we love to work. We love to work, him and me. And I think we have a lot of fun working together. And I listened to him, he listened to me, and maybe I have a way that 
Tom and even Carl says that I make the other people better. I don't know why, maybe the way I talk to them, or maybe there was just a moment to tell someone, I'm not sure about the skirt, or maybe Carl, it's a moment maybe to try without the hat, but it was always a moment to say that, and I knew and that moment. And was he receptive to your feedback? Totally. Why do you, like, so what was it because about Because we had your... fun, we had yeah. a lot of fun. And he was happy because I, I come with a new, let's say, oxygen. I never worked for Chanel. So when you come to Chanel, you say Chanel is a dream, you know? it's a dream brand. Right. It's, for me, it's a dream brand. So there were so many things at Chanel. Okay, the camellia, the letters, the story of Coco Chanel, the lover of Chanel, the, everything she's created, the little black jacket, when you did that book with Carl, you know, everything was so much fun with Carl. Everything is possible with Carl. It's a dream to work with Carl, and it's, you learn so much things. So at the beginning, I say, oh my God, I'm not of that culture, I'm going to talk to Carl. And finally, with Carl, our conversation was about gossip. He loved gossip. So gossip, <laughs> oh, he, I know. He definitely loved, loved gossip. gossip. Yeah. Even the naughty gossip. Yeah. And this was a lot of fun. Mm. And you know, he respect me a lot. Just him can send me flowers at Mother's Day and tell you, you can be a good stylist and a good mother. Who else can you says that to you, just yeah. that, so I don't well, get I this anymore. This, I think this is the one of the things that a lot of people who didn't know Carl personally, who only saw Carl from afar, didn't, under, didn't understand, because I think his media personage was so impenetrable in a way, because he created that, you know, that look, and like he seemed in a way very like in his own world, but like for people like you who had the chance and the opportunity to get to know him. Yes, a, for was... me, honestly, I lost my father. He was my, my mentor. I will not say it was another father. It will be too much, but I find a new protector. Yeah. And when you are like me, alone with no Vogue, a big magazine behind you, to have a protector in that world, you need one. Yeah. And Carl was a perfect protector. Yeah. He defended me. He pushed me. He, he asked me everything I asked him. And I pushed him too, you know, and uh, I, cannot, I can't say now alone after, but he, he did HM, you know, I was at French work. I was not allowed to work for any brand. And he asked me to work with him on HM, and I say, I like that. I like that Calagrafe is going to work with HM. He was the first one. Yeah. So I say, of course, let's do it. And we work together on an HM. Yeah. And remember, I give the HM the idea to put his face on a t shirt. And so HM put his face on a t shirt because of you? Yeah. Wow. I forgot this. It's Caroline Loberto. Me, me, I forgot. Oh, she told wow. me that. Wow. Because, you know, my idea come like this, you know, and it was easy yeah. with Carl. Yeah. And he doesn't like to repeat himself, so we always have to find new ideas. He yeah. hates repetition. Me too. I get bored. You yeah. get bored too. But it was nice with me, with my family, with my kids, generous, and, and honestly very nice. And he liked to touch my hand, but very rare of Carl, because usually he doesn't touch anyone. No. He touched me a lot. Yeah. So it means that he really likes me. Yeah. We have two chairs, one for me, one for him, like an old couple yeah. working together. You miss a him? A lot. Yeah. For me, I took him as a present. Yeah. I miss him a lot, yes. I miss, yeah. I lost my protector. Yeah. Um, so let's... Have you met him a bit, no? Yeah, I mean, Carl and I spent some really nice time together. What you were talking about? So we uh, asked you a question. No, I mean, it's fine. That's why podcasts are fun, because it's more of a conversation. But no, I mean, the first time I met him... I only had 10 minutes notice and they just said, do you want to interview Karl Lagerfeld? And Susie Menkes was doing this conference in London and I had 10 minutes notice. And this was three years into BOF and the video is on YouTube and they filmed this conversation and I was so nervous, but he was so kind. Yes. And ever since then, like whenever I met him, 
he'd always really encourage me. You know, he was always saying, you're doing something. And he never special. forget you. No. He no. don't forget. Yeah. He know you. And he go to everyone he knows and he say a nice hello to yeah. everyone. It's not just hello from far away. He shake hands, he make yeah, a kiss. He was, it was very... People doesn't understand how nice exactly. This I think his was. generosity and his humanity was mm. sometimes lost in the caricature yes. of his personality. Yes. And he likes this. He protect himself. Yeah, I guess that was a way of kind of building up a, an armor in a way or something. But it really was fun. When I met him the first time, I didn't know what to talk about with him. It was at the lunch, and I say, "Oh, Carl, do you know Hildegard Kneff? I'm sure you don't know with Hildegard no. Kneff. You know, I was raised my father is Russian, but he grew up in Germany okay. as a okay as a travel, so he was raised in Berlin. And Berlin at that time, when we were kids, he was listening in the Gartkniff, sort of Paulin Dietrich. Okay. So when he, I was a little girl, I was raised with the music of Hildegard Kneff, and horrible name Hildegard Kneff. No, so I met Karl. I say, Oh, Karl, do you know Hildegard Kneff? Of course. Uh, boom. Karl of course. Everything, right? Of course, I know blah, 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 yeah. everything about her. And the day after, we see so many CD of her, so many book about her. Magical. Yeah. He's, he was a special <laughs> man. Um, so let's talk a little bit about CR today, mm -hmm. because from that single magazine that you launched, you've actually built quite an operation now. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about all of the Become different parts? Become a publisher parts? almost. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not just the editor. You're also, no, the, no. you know, with Vladimir, your yes, son, you're yes. both building this mini... Empire? Publishing company, we yeah. To not an empire, yeah. but you know, mini publishing company, exactly, yeah. you have the world. Yes, because we want to expand, we need, and to discover new territory, you know. So we just opened two years ago in Japan, Yeah. what is a good country for paper, because they love magazine and they have the respect of magazine. And it did very, very well. And we are supposed to open now in China, but it's postponed, of, of course, course so yeah. in September. And I have new territory I like to discover for the magazine. A lot of new territory. I love this word, new territory. There is still mm -hmm. new territory to discover, I think. Mm. But why do you think you need a different CR for different markets? Like, why shouldn't it just be one? Because the Japan asked me something special for them. I was sitting in Japan and they asked me something special. And it gave us more power in the country. And um, we say yes. And I think maybe people will be bored exciting to buy CR, if it's their own languages, with uh, some stories, I don't know what, stories just about the designer they like, and the same for China. So, so do you use the global content and yes. local content? We just add one local, one, let's say 20 pages in plus for two stories for Japan, plus two covers. Okay. So you, you do a little bit of customized content, yes. but some of it is Yes, for the them same. we put like Guam's cover, for example, that right. we did for them. Okay. And then you're also working with your son, Vladimir. Mm -hmm. What's mm -hmm. that like? Must be. <laughs> it's always difficult to have to work in the family. It was not premeditated because okay. he did all the things before. He was in art. So art and fashion are not very far away. And he was raised in fashion with me because I was good or bad, mix everything. Yeah. So he went with me on fashion. So he went with me on the shooting. So he know everything. And suddenly when I separate, let's say, with my partner, Stephen Gunn, he come and naturally he helped me. And I'm so bad in business. I'm so wrong. I'm so, you know, and he protect me. I find a new protector in a way. Yeah. And he take off the magazine and find a new place and find the money for the first issue because you have to find the money. And you find to pay people and you have to expand. And this is the job of Vladimir. And we're doing very well together. 
and we have very a lot in common and I'm very gifted to have him because he started to be the son of Karen Watfeld, which was very difficult for him. He said, okay, he doesn't know people could be mean and say, oh, your gallery is not working, so now you find Mama to do something. A lot of people think this way. Right. But now, because he's expand, he found a lot of new contract, and everything is doing, he's doing so well. And in plus, you know, Vladimir is very focused on the magazine, on all the work, but focus even when doing something, let's say, marathon, triathlon, when you have your president, wake up at five, go sport to six to eight, and be the first in the office, I think it's the respect of all the people working with you. So he gets the respect of the people, but it's more difficult. Mm -hmm. And now he go, he go everywhere with, not everywhere with me, he go a lot on his own, but he gets the respect of people, and he's talking much better than me, because he learned this thing, he was going to American University to go to the goal. So when you talk to someone, me, I'm French, I'm blah, 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 like this, and you go directly to the point, to the goal, and I think this is very smart, and you have much better English than me, and I think it's much smarter than me, and I think we make a good team, and mm -hmm. he tried to make this legacy about, he was the first one to tell me, mom, your name become a brand. I never seen my name become a brand. Mm -hmm. He says that. I say, well, maybe, my letters, your name. And see, people know with Karen, they know with Tom, they know with Kate, they know with Carl, they know with Anna, and maybe that's it. Yeah. No, they know with Imran. Not really, but anyway. I think so. <laughs> anyway, they will know. They will know. And uh, there was not so many. And he said, you name become a brand, and the reason we start. But I started the perfume before. Yeah. And after he make my dream happen, he realized to learn the perfume. Yeah. So how does it feel to think about yourself as a brand? I never think me about this. No, I, I never think about me as a, we talk about career. I don't think I made a career. I'm very more simple than this. I don't think I, I will have to receive a lifetime achievement award, you know. And I don't have a lot of. Uh, I get a lot of award, but never almost in fashion. It was my first one uh, as a CFDA in New York. The first time I get an award for fashion, you know, right. for everything I did, and uh, so. I even forgot what you asked me about. I said what it like to when Vladimir says to you, you've become ah, the your brand. Name so you know, I never brand. think of me about a brand. Certainly yeah. not. But finally, maybe it was white. You know. Yeah. So where do you take things from here now? With CR, do you have more plant, like more oh, territories and more? Yes, yeah, there is more territories. So now we have this studio. It's like um, uh, help us to product to other production. Things. So we're doing CR one way. We did one in uh, what was a huge event. We're not there, but it was really open to people that not lucky we are to see a lot of shows. And they say this magical show is That was the one in Florence. Florence. Yeah. It was quite amazing. All the girls came because they have a lot of they support me because I support them. Yeah. Or mostly all the ones say yes to share the same catwalk. Yeah. It's Which very, is very rare. You know, it's very rare. Just two or three brands say no. Most of the other ones say yes. They trust me. And we did it. So now we try to make another one. So what was the goal with CR Runway? What were you, you know, what was the... I want to do a special fashion, not in a magazine, but on a runway. That's exactly the same. What is my favorite look of the season for men and women on live and not on a picture? It was exactly the same, uh, the same idea. And you're trying to do that again now. I was going to try this again, but you know, yeah. and it was amazing. We have Lenny Kravitz was... So it's not easy to do that, but we're going to do another one. Okay. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. And we did that. We did the calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, we did this last time with, uh, we're doing tonight with a t-shirt this time on Zodiac, you know. Yeah. And we have this idea because we do a lot with charity. 
that uh, each T-shirt with each girl will be a charity for her own charity. Ah, okay. Because I think in fashion, people don't know that the girl and people in charity, they're very supportive of our charity, you know? They help a lot. Mm-hmm. I help a lot with Amfa yeah. from 15 years. I think I'm working with Amfa. So we're always supporting charity, and it's a goal that we can share together to create stuff, I think. Mm. I hope. Yeah. I'm a dreamer, you know? Yes. So when you think about the fashion world today, Karine, what do you think is the biggest difference now? What's changed? You've, you've had this incredible perspective, 30 years or something. You can look back. How do you think fashion is it's different? It's another world. With do you like it the way it is? Is it good or is it bad? Or? I don't ask me if I like it or I don't like it. I say, anyway, it's like this today. I have to adapt. Yeah. Fashion is not going to adapt to me, so I have to adapt to fashion, you know, like to have an iPhone. I start with no iPhone. So, so I have to adapt to everything and I try my best. But yesterday I went to the LVMH Prize mm-hmm. and I support for the beginning. Delphine asked me for the beginning to be there. And each year I met the young competitors, you know, and I think they're smarter and smarter. The clothes are better and better and they learn, but they have a bit the same discourse, the same talk about, okay. Sustainability. Be, yes. Okay. This is good. Yeah. This is, it's an obligation, no? Or the born with that is going to be an obligation and we have to find a way that for sure. But I think this is not the only thing in fashion. We yeah. have to find other ID. It's not enough. Exactly. It's great, but and it's not enough. And I'm a bit bored about always the same talk, to be honest. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, I just came, I just came from there myself. I just did my so, judging. And they were all talking about upcycling and sustainability, but I think where it works really well is where that that mindset is being used to make the creativity more interesting. Exactly. Did you see that guy with those biomaterials and he, he was growing those... The lichen, the Italian guy. Yeah. It's amazing. That was incredible. I've never seen that before. And not only is the process of creation It's like a physician in a way. It's a crazy yeah. magician. It's like a magician for it was, me. It was incredible. All right? in white like this. It was like a magician. Yeah, he was like a scientist magician. So yeah. this is not wearable, but it's very... You talk with him. You very you want to talk with him. I ask him so many questions. Yeah. Crazy questions. Yeah. Because he said, I don't want to use a lot of water. Yeah. So you're white, but you have long hair. How do you wash your hair? Also, it's a question. Yeah. What you mean? But how many buckets of water you put on your hair? Or just one? Okay, so it's okay. good. Me, I use much more than you. But you know, yeah. I love to ask that sort of question yeah. to know people. How do you get the money? Are you working in a Burger King? I don't yeah. know how you get money to do yeah. what you're doing, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because they have yeah. to have a second job. Yeah. They cannot do with no job. Yeah. So they have to have two jobs. And it's so much harder for those young designers now than it was 10, 15 years ago. Much more because there was many, many. There was too many. But people love fashion. It makes them dream. So... They have to be dreamers, okay, but there is a moment they have to be hard worker and they have to be, they need a bit of chance, you know, everyone needs a bit of chance and they have to another proposition, something never exists before because, well, please stop to be copy, to be in the trend of today. There is too many mm-hmm. like that. It's not enough, you mm-hmm. know. Which is the designer that right now you find the most exciting? So if back in the day it was Jean-Paul Gaultier, who's the designer today? Of today? Yeah. That already... That, sure. Yeah, that you feel is like really... Of course, I love them now. Yeah. Because you have a point of view. You yeah. like or you don't like, but it's, yeah. you know, people say copy, inspired, let's say, by Margiela. And why not? You know, everyone is inspired yeah. by Margiela. But I think you have a point of view. I'm very interested in what he's doing. I respect him a lot. 
And I like the idea of uh, streetwear come to fashion. I'm not a streetwear person. No. So I think it was good when you see someone like Virgil Abloh, Khan and Vitos, and you say, oh, let's open the gates. I love that. And I like that people in fashion are nicer than before. Yeah. Are before, they nicer? I think so. Okay. I think they, you see more, as an example, Virgil, he invites more other designers to his show and he goes to see the show of other designers. And I like that. What you have to be on your iron clothes, you have to be in the real life. And I like that designers are more open to other one, the new one, let's mm-hmm. say. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good sign. Yeah, I saw Virgil at uh, Loewe today. If I didn't see what's worth it. I think so I saw it's, him at Loewe. So today. it's good. You know, yeah. I remember he went to Céline and I remember that uh, Nicola went going to support his ex assistant. Yeah. I like Julien that. Julien de Sena. And I think it's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that they come out the ivory tower and they check what's the other one here and they support them. I like that. Yeah. And curious. You have to be curious what's happening. Yeah. And I think the young designers, they need to be a bit more curious. Okay, they're curious about sustainability, I cannot say eco friendly. But they have to open more books, go a bit more to museum. I think they need a bit of inspiration. They need a bit of culture. I think they're missing culture, a lot of culture. Is that because of technology and everyone just getting everything through their phones? They don't know even how to draw. Yeah. The last one know to draw was Carl. Yeah. I know Azedin. I know Carl. Who is drawing today? No yeah. one is really drawing. And all they copy what was from before, but they... They need to be, you cannot be a designer right away. You have to be an assistant. You have to learn. And some of the young people, they have a bigger ego than the oldest one. And it's a bit wrong. Mm. They have to be humble. Mm. And humility is not the thing of, uh, it's not the talent of young designer, of a young hairdresser, of young photographer. They're not humble. Me, why, I'm still, do you, why do you think, I'm still very humble. Yeah, you know? I know I, you are. You've always been super approachable. I'm very approachable yeah. because I'm a normal person and I'm yeah. like to, I was the first one to bring a lot of students, if I can, when you have a power, to bring other people to see a show because you find the interest of the young student yeah. in that place. You know, I love that. Yeah. I love to be approachable. I love to talk to people because you learn, they nourish me. Yeah. I need to be nourished. Yeah. That was a lot like Carl too. He loved to be around young people. Of course, he makes he keep you young. Yeah. And now I say that my even my kids and the friend of my kids are too old for me. I'm waiting for the one of my granddaughter because yeah. she's a new generation and she's much quicker. Yeah. I didn't know was Billie Eilish. She told me, Grandma, I like to see Billie Eilish. I say, Who is Billie Eilish? You don't know her. I say, Okay, I did not know was Billie Eilish. You yeah. know, so now I have to wait the next. Now generation. Billie Eilish is on the cover of American Vogue, so you know who she so, is. So no, I know because my granddaughter <laughs> told me one year ago because she wants to see her the spectacle. I don't know with some concert in yeah. New York, yeah. and she was invited because I asked because I have some relation. Grandma, you have relation? Can I see Billie Eilish? I say, Go see Billie Eilish. So I make my and I find and I invite her to Billie Eilish. Okay, I can be magician sometimes yeah. for her, but the way yeah. the new generation. But I'm very curious. Yeah. Very, very curious. Yeah. I think it makes me young inside. Yeah. Because and maybe my body is young because I'm constantly running. Yeah. I run. I go to a young designer, to a show, to an old friend, to an exhibition, and travel constantly to, let's say, new territory. I'm going to go to Doha, I was last year. Mm-hmm. And, and I love people. And I try, you know, I push people. Also, I think at French Vogue, I was the first one to put a transgender on the cover okay. with high heels, black, high heels, and a Burberry look. A no? transgendered woman. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah? And with yeah. the Burberry yeah. cover, with Boothabas, it was the first one. But yeah. I didn't, I just think, oh my God, he has great legs. You know, yeah. I don't want to say he or she. I'm very bad with it. And Jonathan told me, can we? I said, no, it's just a Twitter. I said, okay. And finally, you sell very well because people like that. People yeah. are curious. And after I did a, dedicated an entire issue to a black woman, Lia Kibede, I think she's so beautiful. I don't like to be a quota. Never like that. For me, it's a part of my world, you know. It's when I put Alima on my cover, I was so much criticized. So much criticized. Really? On my Instagram, I was killed. What, what, was the criti- what was the criticism? Because they don't understand what I put a woman with a scarf with that's supposed to, to criticize our way of dressing. But I think if you don't open the gate, yeah. if you don't know them, if they don't know you, it will never be possible. So mm-hmm. fashion is a great way to open the gate. Yeah. And I'm open the gate all the time. Yeah. And look what Halima become. She's amazing. Now, I mean, Halima's an inspiration to young girls all around the world. Now. Yes, and she's an amazing talker. Yes. She, she communicates super so well. well. And she's the face of UNICEF. And she yeah. was helped by UNICEF. And now she's the face of UNICEF. And she called me Fashion Mama. Because finally, what I did for her, I did, it was naturally for me to do that. It become like a fairy tale. She was yeah. working, helping in a hospital. You know, yeah. suddenly she traveled and she went to the Vanity Fair party at the Oscar, the Oscar, mm-hmm. you know, Vanity Fair party. It's a dream for her, but she, yeah. I think it's fantastic. I love yeah. that, you know. I love to open yeah. the gate, and I will yeah. keep as much as I can to be able to open the gate. Well, I, I'm, I'm grateful for you because I think our industry needs more people who have the kind of influence and visibility that you have to open the gates. I open the gate, and I will keep on. Maybe it's going to burn me like John of Hart one day, but I will keep on. And even keep new photographer, a new talent, and new ideas, and even they say it's wrong. It's okay, you know, yeah. we change it six yeah. months. It's yeah. just fashion. What what happens when you make mistakes though? Like how do you how do you recover from that? You know what I make the biggest mistake for me is whether I don't follow my instinct. I don't like to have regrets and I have some regrets. What are your regrets? Stupid thing, like I regret some covers yeah. I did for French Vogue. I was one I love with Eva Zegoba screaming in a Versace dress and huge jewelry in Walmart with my autistic like maybe 10 years ago. And I don't put it cover because my magazine told me, no, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly you listen and I still regret it. I send a letter to, to Eva to see I'm regretting that cover. Really? Have to, I have to I ask, I respect people, but I have to, to listen my instinct. Yeah. Well, you know, like Alima. Yeah. If I was someone above me, maybe they would say, no, it's too dangerous. That was for what? Yeah. But it's too dangerous. Yeah. And they will say no. Just uh, Sometimes I ask my son because he's a bit uh, more realistic than me. And he asks him about animal. I say, of course. It's totally from your school, you know. Open the gate to animal. I think she's, she's beautiful. She needs to be on the cover. Just because she's beautiful, we don't care where she's come from. Yeah. And fashion is just an accessory. Yeah. And now look, I look very modest. Yeah. No? I'm a modest too. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Karine, thank you for taking time to chat with me. And thank you. Congratulations on everything. I think the Karine Reutfeld, who's independent, an independent operator, seems free to continue to take risks. Of course. And open gates and be fearless. I'm fearless, but I'm respectful always yeah. to anyone. Okay. And I don't make a difference between, if I never met a queen, but I will say someone very important, like a big Carl. He was nicer to Anna Wintour, of course, but he was nicer to my assistant, to the yeah. intern, and nicer to all the ladies who seems to us working with yeah. him. He was the same with everybody. Yes, and I think this is the chicness. Okay. This is the idea of chic for Let's, me. So well, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl, and thank you, Karine. <laughs>
This is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. That's all for Inside Fashion this week on the BOF Podcast. We're coming to you from Paris, Fashion Week. Uh, And tune in next week for the next episode of Inside Fashion. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, biannual special print editions, and all of the online courses and learning materials from BOF Education.